ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so today then we're on the section regarding fasting and traveling. As Shaykh Al-Fawzan mentions in the introduction to this section, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَىٰ أَوْجَبَ عَلَى الْعِبَادِ سَوْمَ شَهْرِ رَمَضَانِ وَجَعَلَهُ رُكْنًا مِنْ أَرْكَانِ الْإِسْلَامِ لكنه سبحانه برحمته رفع الحرج عن عباده ويسر لهم فرخص للمعذورين أن يفطروا في رمضان وأن يقضوا ما أفضروه من أيام أخر So the Sheikh says Allah has obligated fasting upon his servants and has made it a pillar from the pillars of Islam. However, by the mercy of Allah, He has allowed us exceptions. There are circumstances where Allah has made it easy for us and given us exceptions to fasting. So the people who have those reasons that we're going to cover now, then they are allowed to miss the fasting and then make it up later on. Allah mentioned in the Quran, that they are a limited number of days for Ramadan. فَمَنْ كَانَ مِنْكُمْ مَرِيضًا أَوْ عَلَىٰ سَفَرٍ فَعِدَّةٌ مِنْ أَيَّامٍ أُخَرٍ But then Allah says, Whomsoever from amongst you is on a journey, or whomsoever from amongst you is ill or on a journey, then you can make up from other days, Similarly, وَمَنْ كَانَ مَرِيضًا أَوْ عَلَىٰ سَفَرٍ فَعِدَّةٌ مِنْ أَيَّامٍ أُخَرٍ That whomsoever is ill or on a journey, then you can make up from other days. فَرَخَّصَ لِلْمُسَافِرِ وَرَخَّصَ لِلْمَرِيضِ أَنْ يُفْضِرَ فِي رَمَضَانِ So Allah has given that exception to the person who is ill or to the person who is traveling, that they are allowed to miss the fasting. وَأَنْ يَقْضِيَ مَا أَفْضَرَهُ بِعَجَدِ الْأَيَّامِ مِنْ أَيَّامٍ أُخَرٍ And that they have to make up the days that they missed later on after Ramadan. وَهَذَا هُوَ الَّذِي عَقَدَ الْمُصَنِّفُ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهَ هَذَا الْبَابِ مِنْ أَجْلِهِ and that is the reason the author has mentioned this chapter here so we can discuss the topic of traveling and the person who's ill and that they're allowed to miss fasting and make it up when they're better or when they've come back from their traveling. So the first hadith that we have here regarding the issue of traveling and fasting عن عائشة رضي الله عنها أن حمزة بن عمر الأسلمي قال للنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أأصوم في السفر وكان كثير الصيام فقال إن شئت فصم وإن شئت فأفطر Hamza ibn Amr al-Aslami, he asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam 
Shall I fast when I'm traveling? Shall I fast when I'm on a journey, when I'm traveling? And he used to fast a lot. فَقَالْ إِنْ شِئْتَ فَصُمْ وَإِنْ شِئْتَ فَأَفْتِرْ The Prophet said, If you wish, fast. And if you wish, you don't have to fast. So Hamza ibn Amr al-Aslami radiyallahu anhu, he used to travel a lot. He used to travel a lot. In Ramadan and outside of Ramadan. He was somebody who was often on journeying and traveling. So he came to ask the Prophet should I fast when I'm traveling? Because he was a man who had strength. He had ability. He was fit. And so he could fast even when he was traveling. He could do it. He was fit and healthy. He had strength. So he came to ask the Prophet Shall I fast when I'm traveling? So the Prophet said to him that he has a choice. If he wishes, he can fast. And if he wishes, he's allowed to miss it. So this hadith therefore means that a person who is a traveler, if he is able, like Hamza ibn Amr al-Aslami was able, if a person is able, fit and healthy, <coughs> then they have a choice when they are traveling. If they want, they can fast. And if they decide not to, they're allowed to miss because they are traveling. لكن إن كان يشق عليه الصيام في السفر أو يحتاج إلى الإفطار لعمل يقوم به فإن الفطر أفضل له. But if a person is not able, they don't have the physical ability to fast when traveling. Because traveling takes up energy. It takes effort traveling around. So if a person doesn't have the ability to fast and still manage all their traveling, trains, planes, car rides, whatever it might be, then that person should not fast when traveling. If they're not capable, then they should not try fasting when traveling. You should just miss. If you're on a journey, you're going somewhere, then miss the fasting that day and make it up after Eid. Or, maybe the nature of your journey, maybe the nature of your journey requires physical effort, Maybe it's a job that you have to do that's going to require physical effort. Then in that case, you don't have to fast as well. Because your journey is tiresome. So imagine somebody's on a journey, they have to go somewhere, load up some pallets and bring them back. It's a heavy job to load up pallets onto the truck and everything. So this journey, when you go on it, normally you can fast when you're traveling maybe. But this journey... You're going to go travel a hundred miles somewhere, then you have to spend two hours loading up the truck and then drive back. That's going to be difficult now, the physical effort you have to do on your job on that journey. So the Shaykh says, don't fast that day, then you're journeying, you can miss. You know it's going to be difficult, the loading and everything you have to do there as well. So the very nature of your journey and what you're going to be doing there is going to make it difficult for you to fast. So the point is, if you are capable of fasting when traveling, 
then you have the choice. The option is there for you. If you decide that you're just going to fast anyway whilst you're traveling so that you don't have any days left to make up afterwards, then okay. But if you decide actually, I'm traveling and I'm going to take the exception which is allowed to miss these days and I'll make them up when I'm back home after Eid. Then okay, you can do that. And the scholars, they have a difference which one is better. If you are able, some scholars say, if you are able, then it's better just fast. Don't take them off. Because then you won't have any days left to make up. But others, they say, no, even if you are able, you should just take the days off. Because there is a hadith, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ أَن تُؤْتَى رُخَصُهُ كَمَا يَكْرَهُ أَن تُؤْتَى Allah loves that you take the ease that he gives you, just as he hates that you do the sin. So the exceptions that Allah has given us, then we should take them. Those eases that Allah has given us, where Allah has made it easy for us, you're allowed to miss when you're traveling, then we should accept those eases. We should take them and miss. That is the opinion of some scholars. So you have a choice if you are able whether to fast or not when traveling. Then there is a hadith from Anas ibn Malik. قال كنا نسافر مع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم. فَلَمْ يَعِبْ الصَّائِمُ عَلَى الْمُفْثِرِ وَلَا الْمُفْثِرُ عَلَى الصَّائِمِ He said we were traveling with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the ones who were fasting didn't criticize the ones who decided not to fast. And the ones who decided not to fast didn't criticize the ones who decided to fast. فَهَذَا الْحَدِيثِ أَيْضًا يَدُلُّ عَلَىٰ أَنَّهُمْ كَانُوا يُسَافِرُونَ مَعَ النَّبِي صلى الله عليه وسلم فِي رَمَضَانِ وَأَنَّ مِنْهُمْ مَنْ يُفْضِرُ وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يَسُومُ Hadith indicates that they used to travel with the Prophet in Ramadan and some of them were fasting and some of them were not. وَلَا يَعِيبُ أَحَدٌ عَلَىٰ أَحَدٍ And nobody criticized anybody else. The ones who weren't fasting didn't criticize the others and say you should not fast for traveling. And the ones who were not fasting didn't criticize the others. The ones who were fasting didn't criticize them saying you should just fast, you're able. Neither side criticized the other side. فَدَلَّ عَلَى جَوَازِ الْأَمْرَيْنِ الْإِفْطَارِ أو السيام. It therefore indicates the permissibility of both things when traveling. Fasting or missing the fasting. والجواز لا إشكال فيه عند جمهور أهل العلم. The permissibility of doing that, no problem, that's agreed upon. If you're able, choose whether you want to or not. But what is better though? الأفضل هو على التفصيل الذي قلنا إن كان عليه مشقه فالإفطار أفضل له. If you're not able, there's a big difficulty, then in that case it's better you don't fast, miss it. وَإِذَا صَامَ يَشُقُّ عَلَيْهِ فَالْأَفْضَلْ لَهُ أَنْ يُفْتِرُ So in that case, if it's difficult, it's better you miss it. If it's not difficult, then you have the choice. You can fast it or miss it if you want. But the point is, if it's difficult, then it's better you should not fast. You should not try to fast. If it is difficult upon you, a burden upon you, and you think, no, but I'm going to try and just fast anyway, even though I'm on this long journey tomorrow, you shouldn't do it then if it's a difficulty and a burden. If you're completely fit and healthy and able, then okay, you have the choice. There is a hadith 
when the Prophet ﷺ exited with the companions from Medina heading towards Mecca. In the eighth year of Hijrah, when they went to conquer Mecca. When they went to conquer Mecca, they went in the month of Ramadan. And so when they left Medina in the morning that day, they were all fasting. And imagine Mecca to Medina is like Bolton to London. Same thing. And they were walking. And just with horses and camels and that's it. 200 miles, 300 miles. So they were all fasting as well. In the desert, in the heat, with their donkeys, camels, horses, going, walking from Medina to Mecca. So obviously it was difficult. It was hot, it was desert. On the way, it became very difficult to fast. So some people came to the Prophet wasallam and they said to him, إِنَّ الصَّيَامَ قَدْ شَقَّ عَلَى النَّاسِ وَإِنَّهُمْ يَنْتَظِرُونَ That indeed the fasting has become difficult upon the people. And they are waiting. Waiting for what? To see what you're going to do. They're waiting to see what you're going to do, what you're, what you're going to tell us. Because the fasting has become very difficult. So what did the Prophet ﷺ do? He asked for some water, he asked for some liquid to be brought to him, and then he picked it up in front of all of them and drank it. So all of them knew that on this journey the Prophet ﷺ is not fasting. So they broke their fasts, except a few. A few decided that they will carry on fasting. When the Prophet ﷺ heard that a few were carrying on fasting, he said, Ula'ika al-usat. Ula'ika al-usat. They are sinners. They are sinners. Because they carried on fasting. But I thought we said, you have a choice. So why are they sinners? Exactly. You have a choice only if you are able. But imagine that journey. Medina to Mecca in the desert in the heat. Very difficult. It's going to be very hard to fast. Ability isn't really going to be there at all. So they should have really just decided to Break the fast, not fast when they're traveling, but they carried on even in that big difficulty. So now the Prophet said that's wrong. In that big difficulty, they should have not fasted. The choice when traveling is only if you can do it and there's no big difficulty. You're able and there's no big difficulty. If there's a big difficulty, then you're not going to be able. So you shouldn't fast. So they carried on even though they weren't able. There was a big difficulty. That's why the Prophet said that they are the sinners. So that's important to remember. When you don't have the ability, there's a big burden. You shouldn't fast when traveling. When it's okay and you're capable, then you have the choice. Then after that, An Abid Darda. رضي الله عنه قال خرجنا مع رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم في شهر رمضان في حر شديد حتى إن كان أحدنا ليضع يده على رأسه من شدة الحر وما فينا صائم إلا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وعبد الله ابن رواحة. In this hadith of Abu Darda, رضي الله عنه, he says, we went out 
with the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the month of Ramadan in severe heat that they went out in the month of Ramadan on a journey in severe heat he said it was so hot that some of them were putting their hands on top of their heads to stop the heat coming on top of their or onto their heads they were putting their hands on top of their heads and their faces it was so hot and he said none of us were fasting they were out on that journey in that level of heat he said none of us were fasting except the prophet sallallahu and abdullah ibn rawaha so in this situation it mentions that they went out with the Prophet ﷺ and the majority of them, all of them, they took the permission not to fast. Except the Prophet ﷺ and Abdullah ibn Rawaha. Because the Prophet ﷺ had extra strength, ability, he could fast. And Abdullah ibn Rawaha also. كذلك عبد الله بن رواحة يجد القوة على الصيام. He also had that extra ability. He could do it even in that heat. فمن كان يجد القوة على الصيام فلا بأس أن يصوم في السفر. So like we said, whoever has that ability, there's no difficulty upon him. He can do it. Then okay, it's allowed. واليوم بمناسبة وسائل النقل المريحة الآن فإن المسافر بالخيار إن شاء أفطر وإن شاء صام لأنه لا يشق عليه الصيام بسبب توفر وسائل الراحة في سفره These days the sheikh said because of the, the transportation that we have the comfortable transportation we have these days, trains, planes, even in your car, relaxing, sitting down, AC, everything you want. The relaxing modes of transport we have these days, the Sheikh says, basically almost everybody is going to be in a situation where they can have the option. Because now it's not really a big burden upon many people at all. Some people still still it will be a burden five hours in the car train plane it's still difficult so those people they don't have to fast they're not able but now with the way transport is many people are gonna be able now if you catch a flight even it's nothing you drive from here to the airport 20 minutes in the car just relaxing you drive to the airport you get to the airport you just go inside, check in, sit down on the chair for another one hour waiting for the aeroplane. Then you just walk. You don't even have to walk. You have those electric travelators. You go on those, they take you across. You get to your aeroplane, you sit down, relax on your seat again. Five hours the flight, you're sitting down, relaxing, nothing. Then get out from there, come out of the airport. There's hardly any big difficulty, not like they used to be in the heat and the desert and all those things. So even going on a flight these days, for many people, especially all these business people, you see them, it's nothing. They're used to it. There are people now, they live in London, and their job is in France. Every day they get a flight, they go to work, and then they get a flight back. People do that. So these days, traveling isn't like it used to be. There's a lot more people these days who are going to be able Whereas in the more difficult ways of transporting previously, they wouldn't have been able. So nowadays the Sheikh says there's a lot more option for many people. Many people these days could fast if they wanted to, even when going on a plane ride, even if going on a train. All these things are simple now. Train even easier, go to the, get dropped off at the train station, get on the train, sit down, relax, that's it, nothing. Just sit down, even if it's five hours on the train, you're just sitting down, relaxing, doing nothing. No energy, no nothing. And then you get off at the other end, somebody picks you up again. What have you done with your journey? Nothing. So these days the Sheikh says, 
if it's like that, if it's easy, then just like we said, you have the choice. If you want to fast, you can. If you don't want to, you don't have to. Because even with this transport, some people might still find it difficult. It may still be difficult for them, the, the walking around and the effort and carrying your bags and things. It could still be difficult. So you don't have to fast. And even if it's not difficult, you still don't have to fast. Because remember, the bottom line is, if you're a traveler, you have the choice not to fast even if you are able. So that's up to you. Then after that, عن جابر ابن عبد الله رضي الله عنهما قال كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم في سفر فرأى زحاما ورجلا قد غلل عليه فقال ما هذا قالوا صائم قال ليس من البر السوم في السفر وفي لفظ لمسلم عليكم برخصة الله التي رخص لكم Another hadith now talking about the issue of fasting and traveling. In this hadith, and remember all of these hadith are in Bukhari and Muslim. Umdatul Ahkam, this book we're doing, all of the hadith are Bukhari and Muslim. So in this one, it mentions that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, was on a journey. And he saw some crowding around a man who was being shaded. So he said, what's going on here? They said, he's fasting. That's why they were like shading him, they were around him. The Prophet ﷺ said, it is not righteousness to fast when traveling. It is not righteousness to fast when traveling. And in the wording of Muslim, عَلَيْكُمْ لَكُمْ Upon you is to take the ease that Allah has given you. فَهَذَا يَدُلُّ عَلَىٰ أَنَّهُ إِذَا كَانَ الْمُسَافِرِ يَشُقُّ عَلَيْهِ الصِّيَامِ فَإِنَّ فِطْرَهُ أَفْضَلُ فَهَذَا الرَّجُلُ صَام وَشَقَّ عَلَيْهِ الصِّيَامِ حَتَّى إِنَّ احْتَاجَ إِلَىٰ إِسْعَافِ أَصْعَفَهُ الصَّحَابَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ وَالْتَفُّ عَلَيْهِ so this situation, what happened? There was a few people gathered around this man. A few of the companions were gathered around him. He was obviously in difficulty because he'd been fasting. So he was obviously not able. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ said, it's not righteousness for you to fast when traveling when you're not able. Like he wasn't able then, everybody was crowding around him, trying to help him. So this indicates again the same point, if you're not able and you're going to end up in this situation everybody has to crowd around you and help you and see what's going on, then obviously you're not able and you shouldn't be doing it in that case. That's why the Prophet ﷺ said, it is not righteousness to fast when traveling. And in the other narration, take the ease that Allah has given you. يعني في هذه الحالة في حالة المشقة ليس من البر الصيام في السفر إذا شق على الإنسان والبر هو الخير وفعل الطاعة فدل على أن من يشق عليه الصيام في السفر فإفطاره أفضل من صيامه So it indicates the same point that whoever is finding it difficult to fast when traveling then he shouldn't fast and you should take the ease that Allah has given you عَلَيْكُمْ بِرُخْصَةِ اللَّهِ اَيْ اِلْزَمُوا رُخْصَةَ اللَّهِ وَخُضُوا بِهَا فَهَذَا فِيهِ دَلِيلٌ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ الْأَخْضَ بِالْرُخْصَةِ أَفْضَلْ مِنَ الْأَخْضِ بِالْعَزِيمَةِ This is now a fiqh issue that the scholars mention. You have something called an azimah and you have something called a rukhsah. The azimah is the default. The rukhsa is like the exception. Sometimes Allah gives us exceptions in certain things. Like for example in fasting. When you're traveling you have the exception to not fast. With the prayer as well. When you're traveling you have the exception to not have to pray 
four rakat for dhuhr and asr and isha, you can just pray two. These are all the exceptions that Allah has given us. The default is for dhuhr, it's four now, and asr is four now, and isha is four now. But you have the exception when traveling only two. The default in Ramadan is that you're supposed to be fasting, but if you're traveling, you have the exception that you can miss. So in the religion, there are these types of exceptions that exist in certain worships. Allah's given us that ease in certain scenarios and circumstances. In this narration, it seems to indicate that when Allah has given you an ease in something, then is it better to do the ease or is it better to stick to the original default? The narration indicates in that scenario you should do the ease, not the original default. That's what the narration indicates. That you should take the ease that you've been given, the ease that Allah has offered you. You should take them Allah has from his generosity made things easy for you, so you should take those eases that Allah has given in that sense. وَالرُّخْصَ فِي اللُّغَةِ مَأْخُوذَ مِنَ التَّسْهِيلِ وَالتَّيْسِيرِ وَالشَّيْءِ الرُّخَصِ هُوَ الْلِينِ فَالرُّخْصَ فِي اللُّغَةِ مَأْخُوذَ مِنَ التَّسْهِيلِ وَالتَّيْسِيرِ وَأَمَّا فِي الْإِسْتَلَاحِ عِنْدَ الْأُصُولِيِّينَ ما ثبت على خلاف دليل شرعي لمعارض راجح. So this narration, that's what it indicates, and that's why some scholars they say even if you're able, you should not fast because you should take the ease that Allah has given you. That is what is mentioned by some scholars. This does not mean that you try to find easy ways out of all of the worships. Because sometimes you get scholars or you get people giving some fatwas that might not be correct. So for example, they might say to you, uh, whoever's working a long shift during the day, all day, then you can miss your Fajr, Dhuhr, Asr. When you come home at night at Maghrib time, just pray all of your prayers then. Because you've been working all day long shift. You don't get time during the day. So in the evening, come back and just pray then. Ease. But is that a proper ease? That's a made-up one. Because the religion doesn't let you take that type of ease to miss the prayers and just pray them all combined, all of them in one go. This is what happens. Sometimes people start to make ease about worship which is not properly ease in the religion. It's not an ease that Allah has given us. So you cannot start doing that type of thing. There are scholars or so-called scholars these days, they tell you it's okay to take a mortgage. You need to buy a house, you have no choice. Just get a mortgage and buy a house, it's okay. It's an ease. The default is you're not supposed to take interest in mortgages. But this is a need, it's a necessity, you have to buy a house. So you have the ease, you can take it for the mortgage of the house only. Is that okay? That is not an ease Allah has given us. So when we talk about taking an ease only where Allah has prescribed it for us. Not where people start giving random fatwas, making everything into ease. They say these days, it's okay, shave your beard too, you don't have to have the beard of the sunnah. The sunnah, which is to have the beard, you don't have to. Or wearing your garments above your ankles, you don't have to ease to mix in and do this and do that. But that is not ease, that is going against the religion. So be careful when it comes to the issue of taking the ease, that you don't start following these false fatawa of people who are not scholars of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Another hadith on the topic of traveling, hadith of Anas ibn Malik radiyallahu anhu qal, kunna ma'an nabiyyi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fi safar fa minna sa'imu wa minna al-muftiru. He said we were traveling with the Prophet ﷺ on a journey and some of us were fasting and some of us were not fasting. 
قال فنزلنا منزلا في يوم حار that we then came down we stopped and it was a hot day وَأَكْثَرُنَا ظِلًّا صَاحِبُ الْكِسَاءِ And most of us, we were taking some type of uh, shade that they were using their, their cloth or their garments to make a shade over their heads because it was so hot. وَمِنَّا مَنْ يَتَّقِ الشَّمْسَ بِيَدِ And others were trying to cover their faces with their hands. قال فسقط الصوام and they were traveling in all of this heat and everything and the ones who were fasting fainted they fell down وقام المفترون but the ones who weren't fasting they had they had energy they had strength فضربوا الأبنية so they built like like tents and things, they, they got those things fixed up. وَسَقَوْا الرِّكَابِ فَقَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ ذَهَبَ الْمُفْطِرُونَ الْيَوْمَ بِالْأَجْرِ So they, they put up these like tents and things and they gave water to the riding beasts, to the camels, etc. So they did all of those jobs. The people who were fasting had like collapsed. They couldn't do anything. So the ones who weren't fasting, they put the tents up and they fed the animals, gave them water, did all the jobs and everything. So then the Prophet said, the ones who weren't fasting, they've taken all of the reward. They've got all the reward. They've done all these jobs. The ones who were fasting couldn't do anything. وَهَذَا يَدُلُّ كَمَا دَلَّتْ عَلَيْهِ الْأَحَدِيثُ الَّتِي قَبْلَهُ أَنَّهُ يَجُوزُ الْإِفْطَارِ فِي السَّفْرِ وَيَجُوزُ الصِّيَامِ Hadith indicates the same kind of points. When traveling, you're allowed to fast and you're allowed to not fast. Some of them were fasting, some of them were not. So both options are allowed. وَأَنَّهُ هَكَذَا كَانُوا يَصْنَعُونَ مَعَ النَّبِي سَلَّمُ That's what they used to do with the Prophet ﷺ, the companions when they traveled with him. Some would be fasting, some would not. فَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يَسُومُ وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يُفْتِرُ وَأَقَرَّهُمُ الرَّسُولُ سَلَّمُ عَلَى ذَلِكُ So some of them were fasting and some of them were not. And the Prophet ﷺ accepted all of that, allowed them fasting, not fasting, it was all okay. لكن عرضت عرضت لهم حالة وهي أنه اشتد الحر عليهم. But then on this journey a problem occurred. It got really severely hot. احتاجوا إلى الظل من شدة الحر. They needed some shade. It was too hot. They needed some shade. وأكثرهم ظلا صاحب الكساء يعني الذي معه ثوب يستظل به. وَالَّذِي لَيْسَ مَعَهُ ثَوْبِ يَسْتَظِلُّ بِيَدِهِ مِشِدَّةِ الْحَرِّ Some of them had the extra garments and the cloths and they could put them above their heads and cover themselves. The ones who didn't would just have to use their hands to try and cover their faces. فَنَتَجَ عَنْ ذَلِكَ أَنَّ الصَّائِمِينَ تَسَاقَطُوا وَعَجَزُوا عَنِ الْحَرَكَةِ so because of that severe heat, what happened was that the ones who were fasting collapsed. They couldn't carry on. They collapsed. They couldn't carry on. But the ones who weren't fasting had energy. So they began doing all the jobs. They set up the tents. And they fed, uh, gave water to the camels. And the other riding animals they had with them. لأنهم مفطرون يقوون على العمل. They were not fasting, so they had energy to do all these jobs. عند ذلك قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم. So then the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم, when he saw that, he said, ذهب المفطرون اليوم بالأجر. The ones who were not fasting, they've taken the reward today. فَدَلَّ عَلَىٰ أَنَّهُ إِذَا احْتِيجَ إِلَى الْإِفْطَارِ فِي السَّفَرِ أَنَّهُ أَفْضَلْ مِنَ الصَّيَامِ This shows again then, if you don't have the ability, then it's better you don't fast. 
So these people, some of them, they weren't fasting and they ended up doing all that help and that good work. فَحَصَلُوا عَلَى الْأَجْرِ فِي إِفْطَارِهِمْ So they got the reward of it for the consequence of not fasting. They ended up doing all that work. فَدَلَّ عَلَى أَنَّ الَّذِي يَأْخُذُ بِرُخْصَ عِنْدَ الْحَاجَ إِلَيْهَا يُؤْجَرُ So the person who takes the ease when he needs it, he's not able to fast, then he'll get rewarded for that. He'll get rewarded for taking the ease because he wasn't able to fast on the journey. وَيَكُونُ أَكْثَرُ أَجَرًا مِنِ الَّذِي أَخَذَ بِالْعَزِيمَةِ And he'll have even more reward than the one who stuck to the default and fasted. وَهَذَا يَدُلُّ عَلَى صَمَاحَةِ هَذِهِ الشَّرِيعَةِ وَتَيْسِيرِهَا So this indicates the ease and the facilitation that the Sharia gives you and the allowance not to fast when difficult and traveling. Then the next hadith, it is about making up days from the last Ramadan that you may have missed. It is the hadith of Aisha radiallahu anha. Before we go to it, any questions on the traveling section? That's a difference of opinion. Some scholars, they say it is 80 kilometers, 49 miles, 50 miles. Other scholars, they say when you leave your city, so you leave Bolton, you go outside, you're a traveler. That's a difference of opinion, different opinions about when a journey starts. Anything else? Allahu A'lam. There's the opinion of a Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah. He said, a journey consider as a journey. So imagine now from Bolton, you go to, what are these places called, Farnworth? You go to Farnworth, is that miles away? Do you have to pack your bags and tell your mom and dad, I'll see you afterwards, give them hugs, you're going to go to Farnworth? No, because you're going to go and come back in 20 minutes? For Manchester? You don't, you don't hug everybody and say goodbye and there's a meal in the mosque before you go to Manchester? So it's not a journey to Manchester? No, no. But the, the, the opinion of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, the urf of the people. So when you go to Manchester now, somebody says one day they're going to go to Manchester tomorrow. So is everybody going to say, okay, inshallah, in that case, come tonight, we'll have a meal in the mosque, you're going to go all the way to Manchester tomorrow, everything, you're going to leave us, and then you're going to come back in the evening, better you know, get together the night before. You're going to do that? That means everybody in their minds knows going to Manchester from here isn't, it's not a travel, it's not a journey. Nobody cares. You see, I'm going to Manchester, it's like you say, I'm going to town center. It's just around the corner. So people don't think that is a journey. But if somebody said, I'm going tomorrow to London, then everybody's going to think, okay, so how are you going to get to London? You're going to drive there? You're going to go on the train? Who's going to go with you? Are you going to drive by yourself? All these questions people are going to ask now. Are you going to go by yourself all the way to London? You're going to come back at night driving alone? But are people going to ask you that if you say, I'm going to Manchester? Are they going to say, you're going to drive back by yourself at night from Manchester? Nobody cares, it's just there. But London, they're going to ask you those questions, which means in the minds of the people, they understand going to London is a journey, it's far. So in the minds of the people, what is tradition amongst the people, that can be the judge of what a journey is. So now, you know, generally, you'll have an idea. Generally, most people go here to traffic center, to Manchester, nobody says that's a journey. They might even go to some close places around here and they don't really think it's a big journey. They might even go to like Berry or some place like around these edges, 10 miles, 15 miles. And people might not think it's a big deal. But when you start going to, for example, Birmingham, now people might start thinking that's a bit far. So in the culture of the people where that line is roughly, then that is what a journey is. And that is a good opinion. It's a good opinion that the Shaykh, Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentioned. Other opinions, 
there is one with the figure of 80 kilometers which is about 49 miles which to be honest with the culture of the people is about right as well most people 10 miles 20 miles even 30 miles here or there not a big deal but when you start getting to 40 50 miles now people start thinking it's a bit far and this opinion says 49 miles so that's the issue with the traveling any other questions on that because the next topic is a different topic now any other questions up to here we'll do them now on the traveling Oh yes, there was that homework. So what was the homework last week? The homework, there was a homework you had to check, wasn't there? What was the homework? Again, detention if you don't remember. You know what detention is? Actually now in school they call it isolation. I'm going to put you all in isolation. In that room over there. Lock you in. So what was the homework? It was to find out if somebody, was it if they have intercourse by ignorance? Forgetfulness, what is the ruling? It is a difference of opinion, but Sheikh bin Baz, rahimahullah ta'ala said, if a person forgetfully uh, engaged in intercourse, then he should give the expiation. Just to be on the safe side, because it's a difference of opinion between the scholars. But many of them do say, forgetfully with intercourse, you don't have an excuse. Go give the expiation still. Because that's not the same as forgetting and eating or drinking, that's casual. But with intercourse and those types of affairs, Sheikh bin Baz, he said, the ihtiyat is that you go do the kafara, even if it was upon uh, jahal or nisyan, you should give the kafara just to be. What was the sequence? First one was free the slave. Free the slave first. Then fast two months. Sitina Miskina, feed the 60 people in that order must be in that order. If you can free a slave, do so. If you cannot, then you must fast two months consecutively. If you cannot, then you feed 60 poor people of their food of their country of the average meal, half a sa'ah. Oh, two months. Two months. Fasting consecutively, 60 days, every day, no missing. If you fall ill, then you have the same reasonings as before. If you're ill, then you have that exception. But you're not allowed to miss for any other types of reasons. Then you just carry on. Just carry on. Anything else? you travel every day for business, imagine now you work, you live in Bolton, but you work in Birmingham, for example. And every day you drive there and back. You drive to Birmingham in the morning, 6 a.m., you set off, you do your work, 4 p.m., you set off, get back to Bolton, 6 p.m. Every day you do that. Birmingham, obviously, it's a journey. From here, even almost 100 miles. So every day you work there, five days a week, Saturday, Sunday, whatever, but... Five days a week at least you're working there. So in Ramadan, are you going to miss 20 days? You're only going to fast Saturdays and Sundays? You have to fast? But if you go to Birmingham, are you traveling or not? Are you traveling? Cancel your work? But then you lose your job? Oh, sometimes they only give you a few holidays. You can't get enough. In that case, you have the license, you are traveling. Huh? Feed? What do you mean? If you're traveling and you miss, you're going to make up all the days afterwards. Every single day. All your life. 
Five days a week? So you're going to make up a Saturday, Sunday? It will be enough. All you have to do is make up maybe 20 days, 25 days, and you have 11 months. So if you're traveling and you miss the days, the ruling is you have to afterwards make up the days. You cannot feed for that. You have to make them up. So imagine somebody in Ramadan, they are traveling all month with their work. Okay, no problem. Five days a week, Monday to Friday, they are traveling. Only Saturday, Sunday, they're not. They could only just fast Saturdays and Sundays. And the other Monday to Friday, they're traveling, they're allowed to miss. Then after Ramadan, they're still going to be traveling Monday to Friday, but they're just going to have to keep fasting every weekend until they make up those fasts. They let them? They let them fast? Then they let you fast. They don't let you fast. No. Right? I mean, below that age, it is not obligatory anyway. It's only obligatory at the age of puberty. That's going to be usually average 10, 11, 12, that age. When you're seven, eight, nine, mostly for most people, it's not going to be obligatory yet anyway. Mm. You didn't make up for what reason? And then in that case, the person is a sinner. After this Ramadan, he has to feed a poor person for every day he missed, and he has to still make up those days. And he has to repent. No, that's different. Then, then, then it's, there's no fault. If a woman, for example, gave birth, then she was breastfeeding, then she can't make up. It could be two years, three years before. It could be longer. That's different. She has an excuse. Somebody who has no excuse, they just didn't bother making up, and next Ramadan comes, they just forgot, and they kept forgetting and saying, later I'll do it, and they never did it. So now they are a sinner. After this Ramadan, they're going to have to still make them up. They're going to have to repent on top, and they're going to have to feed a poor person for every day they missed. Mm. All right, we'll leave it on that for tonight. We'll carry on next week, inshallah ta'ala, with the next section, inshallah.